This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't want to seem like I'm being ungrateful. I just said, why me? What three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Off the top, incredible... Huge long ball, off the top, referee out the way, here we go, and a stutter again, here we go, one, two, for history, this is the winner of this match, a new Progress Wrestling Women's Champion, Kanji! Where were you? Where were you in your life when you saw two incredible performers redefine sacrifice, redefine effort, and push themselves and an entire industry to say, I am number one. Giselle Shaw worked herself to the bone, but tonight the history books smile on one person, and it's someone who so deserves it. History! Let me introduce you to Kanji, the Progress Women's World Champion. Kanji, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Happy birthday for for yesterday at time of recording. Thank you. (laughs) Did you have a lovely birthday? I did, thank you. It was awesome because last birthday was all in like proper lockdown. So this one with the restrictions easing up a bit, we could do a little bit more. So it was dead nice. Yeah. Where did you go for your birthday? Were you out and about? Uh, I had a picnic in the afternoon. 
Beautiful. Um, which was nice because the weather was good. And then in the evening, I went to Annie's Burger Shack. Oh, in Nottingham. Yes. That is, I, I've I've passed through it once. I know of it. Yeah. I I know I know of its legacy. Yeah, it's so what? good because, like now they do um, they do every burger as a full meat version or a vegan version or a vegetarian version. That wasn't there when I saw it last, so that's good that they do that now. It's so good. Amazing. And was that the first time you've been since lockdown was lifted? Yeah. Yeah, it's something about that first time out after eighteen months of the world on fire. Like everything tastes a little bit sweeter, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's so good, so good. Amazing. So I'm glad you had a lovely birthday. Here's to here's to no other ones trapped inside inside because that was a bunch of nonsense. We are here to not sadly not to talk about um, Annie's Burger Shack. We're here to talk about professional wrestling uh, with, with of course, the Progress Women's Champion, Kanji. Does that get boring now? Are you bored of that now? No, it's never. <laughs> I can listen to that all the time. Just open uh. every interview with that. <laughs> <laughs> so with the Progress Women's Champion, Kanji, we are going to... Uh, choose three wrestling matches that she'll watch whilst trapped on a desert island metaphorically of course uh, what would you like your first match to be kanji i would go for mania 21 Shawn michaels and kurt angle Shawn michaels. my issue with you does go well beyond the royal rumble it goes all the way back to 1996 i won a gold medal and people are talking to me about some guys named Shawn Michaels gliding down from the rafters that year and putting on a wrestling clinic. And that ate me up, Shawn. Because truth be told, you are one of the best of all time. But to even suggest that you're the greatest wrestler of this generation is an insult to me and everything I stand for. He is the most decorated athlete in WWE history. I'm an Olympic gold medalist. Kurt Angle is a former European champion. Tag Team Champion, Intercontinental Champion, WCW Champion, a King of the Ring, and a four-time WWE Champion. I beat five of the greatest superstars in WWE history in a six-man hell in a cell. I, Kurt Angle, am the greatest athlete ever in the history of the WWE. Kurt Angle, the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels is a doormat for absolutely nobody. Despite all the accolades, you have never had the chance to go to the biggest stage of them all against Mr. WrestleMania. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. I am simply the very best sports entertainer in the world. Nobody has ever, ever outperformed Shawn Michaels in a big match situation. Shawn Michaels, this is what you can expect at WrestleMania. is a doormat for absolutely nobody. At WrestleMania, HBK and Kurt Angle, first time ever. I know that Shawn Michaels uh, was your favourite growing up, wasn't he? Oh, yes. Why Shawn Michaels? I don't know. I was just so, 
so drawn to him. Even when he was a heel, I was so drawn to him. Um, I think with all the comedy stuff he used to do as well, um, made me really attracted to him straight away. Um, but then now I'm older and I look back at his stuff and I remember how I felt watching him. I genuinely, genuinely feel like it's his um, charisma that caught me. And then when you go back and watch his matches now, with the knowledge I have of wrestling, I realise how much of a fantastic wrestler he really is as well. Like it's in all it's all the little things, isn't it, that Shawn Michaels does, the little flicks and the stuff. Is there something in particular that Shawn does better than anybody else? I think it's the ability to be a a whole character as well as be this serious wrestler at the same time. I think it's because a lot of I think with a lot of people it's either one or the other. But with with Shawn Michaels, he's able to do everything you'd ever want in a character. And he's also able to do everything you'd ever want in a wrestler, just a standalone wrestler. So for him to be able to step out of each of those zones, but stay in the same one at the same time, it's crazy. For a guy guy who's had as many amazing matches as Shawn, why have you picked this one? Because I rem- to be fair, actually, WrestleMania 21 was my first mania I was allowed to watch live. Oh, stayed yeah. up late. So that, is, that mania is a big memory for me. So when you, so take me back there then. So you, you finally got clearance to stay up late to watch WrestleMania. Who were you staying up late to watch it with? I was with my dad, my granddad and my brother, but he fell asleep. There's always one that falls asleep. There's always one, isn't there, that does. So how old would you have been at that point then? Uh, It's going to be 05, 06. yeah. I'm 27 now, as of today. So how old would I be? Hang on, maths. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting a blue screen error. You'd have been young. I would Uh, young. Just, just old enough to stay up to watch the wrestling. Yeah. Um, but that, but your whole family are wrestling fans at this point. Then uh, my dad was, and my granddad, um, and yeah, my cousins, a few of my cousins, but not my mom or anything. No, just my cousins and my dad and my granddad. So we all had this um, uh, like big interest in wrestling that we all just wanted to watch it together and everything. Yeah. Is there a moment from that match, from Angle and Michaels, that that even when you talk about it, you can sort of replay in your head? Yeah, so it was the end of the match for me um, when Kurt Angle has the ankle lock on and Shawn Michaels is, like, dying to get to the ropes. And everyone knows how iconic the ankle lock is and how powerful it was. So it's like, as soon as it was, it was hooked in, you're there shouting, don't tap, but you you kind of know, like, oh, no, he's got him. Almost like when a snake is wrapped around its prey, you know? It's like that, it's, it's done. But I remember, because oh, I loved Shawn Michaels so much, it's crazy. I remember sitting on the sofa, holding my dad's hand, and I was, like, almost in tears, because I 
desperately didn't want him to tap. I was, I remember the feeling in my heart. I, I just didn't want him to tap. Angles break behind the legs. A little bit of hideous position of Angles' ankle, of John Michael's ankle. It's in a sick position. It could break at any moment. And when he finally tapped, I, st- I was stood up in the living room and I was just frozen staring at the TV. I was broken, but <laughs> the appreciation that he held on for that long for us, for us as an audience. <laughs> for us and you as a fan, uh, as did that for. I was stood in that room, stood still after he tapped and I was thinking, he did that for me. Oh, yes, he <laughs> did. <For> me. <laughs> But yeah, that finish is amazing because it was at that point, if, if my memory serves, because Kurt Angle had the ankle lock and it was always very, very effective. But then a few years into getting it, he said, I need to, to up the ante. I need to double down somehow. So he started grapevining it as well. And normally a wrestler could get out of the ankle lock when it was standard ankle lock. The yeah. moment he grapevined it, yeah. you were done. It's done. It's over. So Shawn Michaels got in the grapevine. And that was, and I guess that's where you're squeezing your dad's hand going, no, (laughs) no one gets out of this version. Maybe today. It was quite literally heartbreaking. It was. Am I thinking that obviously your brother was a fan and he fell asleep. Uh, Your sister was a fan as well. Yes. Yeah. So we all like me, my brother, my sister, and quite a few of my other cousins, we all grew up um, watching it all together, collecting the figures and play wrestling um behind mm. the granddad's back um so yeah that's we all used to do it together but i think as we've got older we've all like parted and they've like stopped watching it and everything but they're really interested in what i do anyway when you were play wrestling um, right. what's the most expensive household item that you've broken whilst play wrestling um we actually, I don't think we ever broke anything. Oh, well done. There was a time where I was wrestling at home with my brother and it got a bit too too aggressive so that one of us got a little bit hurt. So it kind of turned into like, oh no, this is serious. And I remember he grabbed a handful of, do you know those Hot Wheel metal cars? Yep, yep, like the die cast models, yeah. Mm-hmm. He grabbed a handful of them and threw them at me and I moved and it hit our TV. So that was nearly a goner, but it didn't break it. 
<laughs> I wonder that famous moment in uh, in a future kanji match, which ends with Hot Wheel cars to the face. <laughs> we'll just redo it. <laughs> yes, you can have that for free. Yeah. When kanji was play wrestling, who you play wrestling as? I was always Shawn Michaels. I knew you were going to say Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Honestly. I don't want to say boring, but boring. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did the music and everything. When we had trampoline on the garden, we used to put, set the, um, the music um, on the computer and open the window really like wide open. <laughs> and we used to do the whole entrance and everything. So you mastered the Shawn Michaels entrance then? Like yeah, was, the... Oh, all the time. Every single time. Imagine young Kanji coming out to sexy boy. <laughs> Gender wasn't a thing when I was younger, clearly. <laughs> Gender's not a problem when you're sexy boy Kanji. That's... <laughs> I'm excited for a Halloween episode of, of Progress where we do costumes. That's oh, yeah. gonna be that's gonna be a thing. <laughs> but so you knew really young that that you were gonna you wanted to to wrestle. If you were doing it like in a, in a play capacity, mm. was there ever the the idea like you know let's go you know, cast your mind back to being sexy boy Kanji <laughs> walking into the garden towards the trampoline uh, with all the neighbours wondering what's going on? <laughs> was there ever a thought that? this would be you you'd be where 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 you're at now was that ever a thought oh, i don't know i think it was always a dream it was always a dream whenever anyone asked me what i want to be when i'm older i always said professional wrestler always but when i was that young i used to always say i want to be a professional wrestler but like the boys because from what I saw growing up, I, oh, I, I just saw the girls were very sexualized and watching um, female wrestlers wrestle in the matches, some of the matches they were doing um, with my granddad at such a young age, I kind of felt like, oh, do you know when like, you sit with your parents watching a film and a sex scene comes on? It's like, <laughs> one, you know, I'm not looking. It, it was kind of that. So... I had that feeling all the time thinking, I don't want my granddad to see me in some like bra and pants, you know? So I used to always back it with, but like one of the boys, because I wanted to, I wanted to wrestle. As much as you love Shawn, I say you love Shawn Michaels and we've talked about like your, your passion for wrestling as a whole, but seeing how the women were represented, and I know you said like, I want to wrestle like the boys, but you were you ever off put when you did watch that? When you watched that, did you ever think, is this what I'll end up doing? Or did you always feel like I want to surpass this? No, I never, I never saw it as something that I'd have to do. Mm. Like that was, if I get there, I'm a, a female. So that's what I'm going to have to do. I never saw that. And I think maybe it's because I was so young and my brain didn't have the capacity to think like that. Maybe, um, you know, because I think when when you're so young, your mind isn't mature enough to, I don't know, think of situations like that. Um, I just knew what I wanted and what I wanted to do. So I just dreamt that, that that's it. That's what I wanted to do. And that's how that's where I saw myself and that's what I saw myself doing. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't think I actually ever believed that it could come true. 
maybe I don't know it was always I want to be a wrestler when I'm older because because you did uh, you did acting and drama at college and, and university was this was this sort of partly to do with the wrestling dream or was this you sort of finding an outlet that was like sort of the, the, the pageantry of wrestling that wasn't quite the wrestling yeah I think so because I've I've, I've always been so um, into theater performance and and things like that I've, I've always been into it um and obviously that comes hand in hand with with wrestling as well with the performance side of it but sports side i've i've been i've always been so sporty i've always played football since growing up um and i've always looked at because we did taekwondo as well so i was always looking for the sports that were so similar to wrestling so we we did kickboxing and things like that um and looking back now it's like I was always just trying to find the sports that um, mirrored wrestling as close as possible, you know? So, um, but yeah, I, I do think with the performance side, maybe that's why I was so into wrestling as well, because I was sporty, but I was also really into theatre and performance. Because it lends itself to to the wrestling, yeah. Just doing stuff like drama, uh, but you you got into it because am I right that you 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 really took the university to task when they were going to get rid of drama? Yeah, that's when I was this like, isn't... I'm going to be a teacher. Yeah, because this because this could have been a whole different whole different path that you went on yeah. when the uni was getting rid of drama and you you kind of went no nah, i'm gonna fight against this and, yeah and you and you pushed it to make that change what's the situation at, at the uni now is is drama still on the on the curriculum it's it's not you it's not um universities it's schools oh apologies yeah so they're trying to um politics of it is that they're trying to remove drama and say that it's it's not necessary for um it's not necessary to be in the school curriculum at all in secondary and primary school where I hundred percent believe and I've studied that that is wrong. Mm. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much, I mean, you have drama therapy, which saves people's lives, you know? So it was just something that I saw and I was so passionate about saying that that is wrong. Like p drama is so much more than just um, reading a script. Do you know what I mean? It's so much more the skills and life lessons you can learn in having a good drama teacher. It, it's so important for human beings. Who was your drama teacher? It was a, a lady called Miss Johnson. And she was so kind and compassionate. So kind and compassionate. I loved her. It's important that people have have people like that in their lives going forward. It's just it. I won't get too into the weeds on it because you know it's not a political agenda. It's not a political show, but it's the idea that people want to get you know there's there's a movement to get rid of drama mm. because they say it's not needed anymore. But then you know you have maths that teaches long multiplication, and yeah. I, I'm I'm going to be honest. I've now got I have something in my pocket that does long multiplication for me. I don't need <laughs> yeah. to know how to do it off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't think I've ever needed to know like sin, cos, and tan, and and all seventeen. The only way you'd want to know that is if you were teaching it. Yeah, <laughs> which is exactly. a which is a, 
a weird snake that eats itself. Mm-hmm. But with theatre, most definitely there's there's certainly a push for that. Do you think that had the wrestling thing not worked out, you'd have gone into maybe teaching drama or would you have maybe done more acting and television work perhaps? Yeah, I think I would have definitely been more active in trying to get acting jobs. Uh, but I definitely think, I, I 100% think that everything you do is some is a path that the universe has given to you. So I feel like when I noticed um, that the, the the they're trying to remove drama out of the curriculum, I felt like that was a sign to, for me to know and to notice. So I do feel like I was made to go into teaching, you know. So because I I did that and I'm doing it now. I feel like whatever, whether wrestling was here or not, I think I still would have done this as well as gone into trying to be active on, in the, um, the world of theatre. But you, regardless of all of that, it, it did lead you to wrestling. It led you to House of Pain in Nottingham. What was your, um, your, your first day of training with House of Pain? Because that first day, it, it becomes either... It goes two ways. Either this is too much and I can't take this. This isn't what I thought it was. Or you suddenly realise, oh, wow, this is quite... I I get this. And now I like a, it's like being a magician. Now I want to know how to do the tricks. Yeah. Um, how was your first day at House of Pain? It was amazing. It was, it was quite surreal for me to actually be so close. Even, yeah, just so close to a wrestling ring. Just a full-size wrestling ring that I was so close to it it was surreal. So for me to get into that ring and just jump or walk around in it, it was like, oh my God, I'm going to make it. Like, this is my moment now, you know, that it was like that. But as soon as we started rolling and um, practicing bumps on it, on a crash mat, it was, it was so good. Um, And when I took my first bump off the crash mat, he only took one. Um, Oh, I had a headache for about five days after. <laughs> about five days. But I, I couldn't wait to get back to it still. There's such a, an, un, an unwavering optimism about you. The fact that you go, I had a headache for five days. Is it, it, We laugh now. It was great. <laughs> it's brilliant. Get get me back there immediately. Get me was back. It, it, in those in those first days, I mean, I think I know the answer to this already, but was there ever like the slightest bit of doubt? That no. this wasn't the right. This wasn't the right. You're full steam ahead at this point, aren't you? Once you're through the door, that's it. As soon as I got in there and I saw the ring, I honestly inside I felt this is it. Like this is happening. Um, so I was like, yeah, I was so determined to to proper know everything and get get to be the the wrestler I really want to be. And at that time, I was like such a big fan of Becky Lynch as well. So. I was like, I know what I want to do. I know what I want to look like in the ring, um, style-wise and everything. So, and it, yeah, it just kind of all formed together. Because at that point, as you were as you were reaching uh, House of Pain and getting into that, the, the the women's wrestling world had changed so dramatically. Yeah. From you know, you you no longer needed to sort of paraphrase or or, or append with. Uh, like the but like the men do like you now were like because now it was the women's wrestling was on that even keel that it should have always been and and suddenly 
it, it seems like everything's possible. Yes, that's it. That's actually crazy when you, when you compare to what we just spoke about. Because before I was just saying how, yeah, I I wanted to be like one of the boys, but then I've just skipped ahead to now saying I was looking at Becky Lynch and I, I was loving Becky Lynch. So now, yeah, it's is like now I have that those women that I really look up to and think, gosh, these are strong women who are winning in such a male-dominated sport. And I'm looking up to them and thinking, oh, I want to be where they are. I want to be them. We're going to talk more about that that rise to get there uh, in a moment. But we've got to pick your second match, Kanji. What would you like your second one to be? Shawn sure Michaels, Kurt Angle from yeah. Mania 21. What's match number two, Kanji? Okay, I'm going to go, I don't know how many, how often people have done this, but I'm going to go for a, a match um, from um, Ridgeway and Harada at Noah. Nice. Okay, good shout. No, and very few pro wrestling Noah matches get picked. So this one in particular, um, Chris Ridgeway. Am I right in thinking that you did a lot of training with Chris Ridgeway? Uh. Not so much training. I've been um, to his school once recently, and right. it, but I, I think Chris Ridgeway, I'd say, is my favorite wrestler on the Indies. Actually, I'd say he's the, my favorite wrestler in the UK. Wow. Yeah, I find there is an I, intensity to him, isn't there? Yeah, like I want to be Ridgeway. <laughs> I find him fantastic. Can you remember the first time that you saw him in action and what was your thoughts? Can I remember the first time? I can't remember the first time, but I know when I first came across him, I was like amazed with how hard and real, like legit he actually is and how he looks. I was like, that's actually quite scary. But now... When I watch him, I'm just like, he is amazing on so many different levels. And it just comes so naturally and it, and so fluent, the way he moves and everything. It's like, I want to have that. I want to be able to do stuff like that. And it come across like, that is so natural. What is it about this particular Ridgeway match, though, that really jumps, that, that makes you take it on the island with you? What is it about this one? Um, so they start off with like tech and you can tell they're just, they're just working, you know, they're, they're literally just feeling each other out and almost playing, um, because nothing is like the, none of it in the beginning is they're going for the win, but you can tell they're trying really hard, you know, to win one, what each one over, um, and everything just looks so strong, tight. Their footwork is just like perfect. But through the match, Ridgeway works the ankle. And as he goes on, he starts to remove the shoe and the sock and the ankle tape. So it's not only are they building up the whole match level by level, but as he's building it up, he's taking this shoe off, which is changing the whole story and intensifying that whole story of working the ankle. And I just find it so different. And anytime I watch that match, or to be fair, when it, whenever I watch a Ridgeway match anyway, it just makes me want to get in the ring and just wrestle. 
he just has that effect on you where you're just yeah. like, I desperately need to see him do his thing. Yeah. Pro Wrestling Noah is 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 a real is is a legendary place, um, born out of like a, a big kickoff in Japan, uh, and that style is, is so aggressive. Uh, is are you a, are you a staunch follower of Pro Wrestling Noah? Yeah, I love it. I love it because it's it's it is so different. When you watch stuff that when you watch the indie stuff here, like the progress stuff as well, um, and then you'll go and watch a Noah show. It is so different to how they structure a match, to how uh, the audience even interact with the match. It's so different. It's amazing. There's a real special energy to pro wrestling. Now, uh, is it on your bucket list? Is it on your list? Yeah, whether it will happen, I don't know. But I even said to Ridgeway one time, I said, because he's got like a Noah tracksuit. I said, I really like your tracksuit. Did you buy it? He goes, no. <gasps> How did you get it? It goes resting for Noah, and I says I want one. Oh, I'm, like, I'm putting it out there. Kanji for Noah. Hashtag Kanji for Hashtag. Noah. <laughs> I mean, it's what's amazing is when when you know we talk about about you is that when you talk about getting into the industry, like you really got into it in 2018. Like that's when it all started, yeah. and you you have flown through at an incredible pace like how have you found that whereas that because there's some who you've no doubt worked with who have been on the circuit for years and years and years and they're still sort of pushing to get some recognition it feels like you you hit the ground and just charged 100 miles an hour um how how are you handling just how fast it's all gone for you uh, are you are you noticing it at all? Because it feels like you're you're running a career at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, I feel like movement wise, physical movement wise, it's it's gone so quick that my mind doesn't keep up with it. So everyone is, so many people tell me, "Oh, you're doing so well, and you're so good, and and everything like that." And in my head, I'm thinking, I haven't been doing it for that long, mm. so. When you're saying, oh, you're so good, you're like one of the top girls, my mind is like, no. And I don't know if it's like a self-esteem kind of thing or a self-confidence kind of thing that my mind isn't where everyone is telling me I am at physically, um, which I think kind of is a good thing. I guess it keeps me humble. Keeps you humble, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I do think it's it's been a a very steep rise which is a bit crazy i'm trying to keep up with everybody else um but at the same time um just constantly training and learning new stuff and learning from other people around me because um i mean is there a point that you can you can recall where you realize because like like you know for those who don't know 2018 uh, you were doing stuff at Southside at Pro Wrestling Eve. You were defiant. You were a defiant champion within 10 minutes. We'll get to defiant in a minute. Uh, WWE, you did a tryout with WWE the following year. You were doing uh, so much stuff, uh, promotions all up and down the country. In your short period of time, you've even managed to squeeze in a, a career-threatening injury and come back from it. Like, And this has all been crammed in to such a short burst of time. Yeah. I don't think people truly appreciate it, but is there a 
point where you realised in 2018, like, oh, this is this is suddenly picking up a lot of steam? I remember doing my first Southside show, which was uh, me versus Zaya Brookside. And that was just by luck, because I was only going to watch the show. I was only meant to be there to watch. And um, then the person who Zaya was meant to be wrestling pulled out. I think she was sick. So luckily, as as everybody gets told, if you go to a show, always take your gear. And I did. And um, Ben, the promoter of Southside, asked me if I wanted to um, wrestle Zaya. So I was like, of course. And that was the first time meeting her as well. Um, and luckily that went really well. And he really liked it. So he kept bringing me back. But it was literally from that one show, that's when it all set off. So honestly, I owe Ben at Southside so much for just giving me this chance. Um, but when the Defiant stuff came in, I was like, damn, this is crazy. Like, what is happening? Because Defiant, especially the women's championship at Defiant was so big. Like, the people that had held that championship was were crazy so for them to give me that it was mental but still at the same time at, at that point when I won that I was thinking this is crazy like how much is happening and how much I'm doing and the people who I'm sharing locker rooms with is mental but at the same time my mind felt so inexperienced compared to the others so it's still same that that conflict of physical movement and mental movement you know there's a lot to take in very very quickly yeah. um the defi but defiant is a, is a company that was uh founded from from what culture pro wrestling and yeah. it was going through like this transition period where they were sort of moving away from wcpw to and becoming their own element and they started using more local talent because wcpw had sort of built its its history on flying in uh, a lot of people from all over the world to do it and then they kind of paired back and started using more talent that were born and raised in the uk particularly in the north of england so for you to come in at a a, a promotion with such momentum uh, must have felt really special yeah it i felt i felt a lot of pressure Mm. a lot of pressure um because i think it was the show yeah bef- just before i came to define i just worked emmy sakura for the first time and that's kind of what got me on defiant um that one match um so i mean i had that under my belt i had the experience of working someone as great as emmy um but yeah, going into Defiant and meeting girls, top the top girls in the UK that I've never met before, shared a locker room with them and being on the same card as them, like that was huge. So it was so special and so memorable for me to even write that in my little book that I log my matches on. I was like, oh my God. So Millie McKenzie, B Priestley, I was like, this is mad, I've made it. <laughs> So you you have a logbook of all your matches. Yeah. Where is it? Do you have it nearby? I do. Let me go and get it. <laughs> so this is exciting. Uh, Kanji's gone to get her logbook featuring all her matches, which which will no doubt be in like a, a biography one day. 
or in, or in a PDF form as part of an audio book. There it is. Okay, it's a beautiful. Is that a moleskin book? It looks a bit moleskin esque. It's it's like a leather kind of feel. Okay, so and 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 how long have you had this book, this log book? I got it. Um, I mean, the first match I've written in is 9th of December 2017. So it would have oh, been around okay. that time. So what was the first? What was the first match? And so this is actually a good little bit of historical documentation. The first match in the logbook. What was it? It was my debut show at House of Pain. Um, it happened in St Anne's in Nottingham on the 9th of December 2017, and it was me with teaming with a um a girl from this a wrestler from the school hannah james and felony against luna rocks piper kinney and harley harris oh now have you put do you put any other notes in there or is it just listing the matches as they happen yeah it's listing the matches as it happens and then i put the result and what happened in the result so kanji pins piper there you go. <laughs> if it was the other way around, it wouldn't have got in the book. It's not in there. <laughs> it, 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 but that's great that you log it all, and and it's like a it's like a nice little reminder. Do you ever find that you just go back through sometimes and just sort of breathe in just how far you've come in so quick amount of time? Yeah, definitely. I always have a good look through, like start from the start and have a look through. Um, sometimes I like to go back and if I'm like talking about a specific match, I like to go back and look at that match and see what I was doing around that time, which is always really interesting so it's like when i was when i used to talk a lot about the iron woman match or when i go back and talk about that i look what happened between the first iron woman match to or like the first time i worked charlie evans to the last time i worked her and just see how short time space it was but how much I did in that space. How much you crammed in between there and then? Yeah. Gosh, that's a it's 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 a wonderful little doc. It's a documentation of everything that you've done. Yeah. Um. To to take it back to Defiant, I always ask people to sort of tell their stories and 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 you know give them an open forum to to vent about stuff and maybe share stories from their lives. And and it's only fair that that I address an elephant in my personal room, which was one of the more awkward conversations I've had with a wrestler, and it was involving you. And it's all my own fault. <laughs> it is all my own fault. So I'll, I, you, I, you're so busy. I don't even know if you remember it. So um, I sent you a message uh, before a Defiant show, I think in Sheffield, because I used to do commentary for 3CW. Mm. And we'd had you facing Roxy. It'll be in your book on the 7th of July, 2018. Um, and you'd wrestled a belter. And, and I were told just the night before this show in Sheffield that, you were coming back and you were facing Amy, Amy Sakura. So I'd sent you a message. I was like, I'm just really delighted to hear that you're on the books. You bloody smashed it last time. Can't wait to see you again. I like, you know, a lot of the times we we spend too much time complaining about when things are wrong. I don't think we, we tell enough people when we appreciate them. So I messaged you. And I ended up being at that Sheffield show and we were chatting for ages and it didn't click that it was you. I don't know why. I don't know why I hadn't clicked that it was you because you were so lovely. You came over and said hello and we were chatting. For, I was like, and then it was about 10 minutes into the conversation. I went, oh God, how did I not know? <laughs> and honest to God, right? That has, I, I've been all over the, uh, blessed to have a, a life which has taken me many different places, many different jobs. My interaction with you that night, Candice, just lived here. <laughs> 
it lived here, like just just under my chest. So every time, every time I see you just being brilliant in the wrestling, it just pulsates a little bit. You go, remember that time you you embarrassed yourself in front of Kanji? So, and I remember my my response to it. You might remember this. You probably don't. Was at that show in Stockton? No, it's in Teesside somewhere. And it was a show where you faced Amy Sakura. I bought a, a bottle of Coke. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you remember it now? Yes. Yes. Live in my awkward with me. Um, it was when they were, it's when they were doing bottles of Coke with people's names on. Share a Coke with whoever. I'd bought a bottle of Coke and written Kanji on it. And I said, hey, I've got that so I don't forget again. And even then, I think I kind of walked away and went, I hope you remember why I've done that. Otherwise, that's weird. <laughs> You just bought me a random bottle of coke. Just, just a random weirdo who went and bought you a coat with your name on. Thanks, I'll treasure it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know whether you even remember any of that. It's I certainly... do. Oh, damn it! I do, because you turned around and you was like, I'm so sorry, I've only just realised who you were. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. This is awful. I know, I know. For the rest of my days, as I continue to watch you, as as uh, you know, on the day that you you headline WrestleMania, win both women's championships, <laughs> I will probably send you a DM and apologise again for it. <laughs> It'll be something oh, that wow. stays it stays in my soul forever. But <laughs> but the point, but the but what it was was, but that was in 2018, and you were just suddenly everywhere, and and the defiant stuff was was really kicking off, and within like ten minutes. Of, of being at Defiant, you were the women's champion. You must have been amazed at, at how fast that even came as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I still sometimes sit back and think, um, should it have happened? You know, Really? So, yeah, it was so soon. And I feel like, I think at that time, um, with looking at the division at that time, you had women that were so strong you had lana austin millie b who was everyone loved them um especially lana was so over yet she was the biggest heel there Mm, and a lot of love for lana yeah so she's coming out and she's being such a heel um but everyone you could feel everyone wanted lana to win so um i think when i won it there was a bit of a disappointment because they knew what they wanted. Um, Did you sense that on the night then, that there was a disappointment in the Not on the night, no. Not until, I think it was a couple of weeks after, I realised that, oh, they don't want me to be their champion. But like now, I feel like, if that was to happen now, I'd be like, I don't care. Mm. You know, like, I've worked so hard and I, I'm 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 doing I'm I'm working hard. I'm fighting hard, and I'm I'm putting on the best matches I ever can. And if you don't like it, then I'm sorry, you know. But back then, I think because I was so new, it kind of just got me down a bit. 
I was going to ask how you dealt with that. Like, how did you compartmentalize the fact that there's this company that's that, that's got your back and they want you at the top and you, you're feeling this fan reaction from people that kind of that don't think you're there yet? I know. I don't... I think because I was so new, it, it probably made me... I probably noticed it and let it get to me more than I should have. Um, that's not to say that I didn't appreciate the push or the um the the opportunities at all because i learned so much on those shows on the on the defiant shows i learned so much and i i worked um for the first time people that i i never thought i would so i learned so much and i really appreciated it and they helped me so much with the opportunity they gave me to put that belt on me like that got my name out so much and it had it had people talking, it had people notice me that I never thought would. Um, so that's not to, not, it's not to take anything away from it. And I wouldn't change it for the world. I honestly would not change it. But I just feel like when looking back, as a fan, as a fan of wrestling, listening to the audience response, um, I feel like I would have been in the same position as the audience and wanted Lana to have it. With her being there for so long and her not having having that belt at all and her getting so close to winning it and then it just be taken off someone who's new. Mm. See it written out like that, then it's like, okay, I get it. But at the same time, I think as writers of the show, you you can't be bullied around and what you think the audience wants yeah i get that what would um what would the plans have been do you know um had you not had to forfeit the title uh were you privy to 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 that much down the road or i didn't know no i didn't know anything um no because it was I think I was meant to feud with Lizzie anyway. Mm. Um, I don't know what the plans were for that, but I think Lizzie fitted in so well with with Defiant that I think, if anything, because she did so well, um, I think it would have been no doubt that they would have eventually put the belt on her. If not, that match was we were supposed to have then. She's somebody that just has this this energy about her and i think that yeah as you say she was just a good fit for it i yeah. think uh talk talk to us about the injury because it, it obviously led to you forfeiting the title and it kind of you know but by, by the time you were sort of ready to get going again kind of defiant wasn't really there anymore and like how, how did the injury occur for those who don't know first of all i was wrestling um at a sh- i was wrestling at a mega slam show um yeah, I was wrestling at a Mega Sam show and my finish, which is the stunner where I where I hold pe- uh, people's hands so our fingers um, intertwine with each other and I run up the ropes. As soon as I get to the top, I spin around and um, jump into a stunner. And what had happened is I think just we my, my finger had just got caught with, with that hold on the hand and uh, it's twisted my finger a little too much and it's broken uh, the bone in my hand. 
um, of my my ring finger. It's broken. What do you call it? Is it a met metacarpal? Metatarsal. 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 I'm gonna Metacar look it up. Ring finger. Meta metacarpal fracture. Carpal, yes. Metacarpal. Metacarpal. Is a metatarsal your toes? Tarsal might be legs. If you've got a metatarsal in your finger, there's probably a bigger problem afoot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but certainly a metacarpal, metacarpal. Uh, in your hands. So, so yeah. that went, did it? In, in, a, in a move that you've probably done so many 100 times. times. Yeah, I still do it today. I still do it now and it's no problem. It was just obviously a freak, freak accident. Um, but at the time, I didn't know it was broken. I just thought I'd bent my finger back a little bit and I had to shake it off. So I kept shaking it off and it, the pain just wouldn't go. I was like, oh gosh go away and it wouldn't but the match was over soon after that anyway um but yeah then as soon as i got backstage that's when it started really throbbing and i was like something's wrong um and i had people trying to pull my fingers out and click them back in thinking you've just dislocated it a bit and it's not gone back in properly so I had people pulling my fingers out of the socket oh. God, and it's broken. In my hand. <laughs> this is why wrestling needs more hired trained medical people. <laughs> yeah. It was it was crazy. But I went to the A and E the next day. I had an X ray, and they just said, "Yeah, it's fractured. You're just gonna need a um, uh, just one of those little splints on. You know what you can take off." Yeah. So I had that on, and I couldn't wrestle for six weeks. I think it was six to eight weeks, something like that. Well, that was my first major um, accident in wrestling, first major injury. And um, look, looking looking ahead, um, I'm trying to think, did you come back to Defiant at that point or after that? Or was Defiant kind of done by the time you were back you up and running? I'm yeah. trying to remember now. I'm going to have to check your cage match. Check your book. Check your book. <laughs> check the book. <laughs> It's right here. Kanji checks the book. Kanji checks the book. <laughs> it's a new feature on Desert Island Graphs. Kanji yeah. checks the book. Who needs... I was going to look... I could easily look it up on Cage Match, but Kanji's <laughs> got her book. That's it's surely cool. easier to check the book. Yeah. Then he forgot about the book then. Tom, put some hold music in here whilst Kanji's <laughs> checking the book. No, I didn't. After that, it was I. It wasn't long after that when I had the um, NXT tryout. Talk to us about that then, because it's everyone's got a unique experience when it comes from that. But what was the uh, what was the vibe you got from your tryout with NXT? I loved it. Yeah. It was an all women's tryout as well, so I was with so many other women that I've met and wrestled before or been in a locker room with. So it was almost like a really supportive community we created at this tryout. And we all just wanted to push each other and big each other up. So I was so comfortable. I was so happy. I was nervous at the start a little bit, but I think just seeing all the other girls around you nervous as well and putting so much pressure on themselves, it makes you take a step back and want to comfort them. So then mm. you kind of take that pressure off yourself and just think, just make everyone feel good because then everyone will do well. So 
it was just I was so happy and I had I just got there and I was like I'm just gonna have a good time I'm just gonna learn as much as I can and whatever happens happens you know I didn't put the pressure on I need to be signed like, this is my time because I'd imagine a few would have gone in with that mindset a little I think bit so. yeah I think quite a few did to be fair which I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you feel like your time is now then go for it you know but I was still so new. I hadn't been wrestling for long at all. So for me to even just get the opportunity, like that was enough. So anything that came after that, I would have been, you know, over the moon. But at that point I was like, I'm just going to have so much fun and learn as much as I possibly can. What are some of the big learns that you took away from that tryout? Uh, ring conditioning and just conditioning in general because the amount of press-ups we had to do was dirty (laughs) oh my gosh how many how many we didn't even count they were just saying (laughs) go 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 but it wasn't even just press-ups it was like um it was like a drill so it would be going into like um a load of sit-ups where we had to go off the trainer telling us when to sit up, when to go down, into loads of um, feeds, so you, you uh, wrestling feeds, from lying down to standing up in a fighting stance. And then that went into straight into a load of squats, into loads of um, press-ups there. But it'll be like down, up, down. So you have to hold it in that position and then it, it's up. And then you do it all over again. And the next day, everyone was like, I can't move my arms. It was hard. But you'd but... have to do it all again anyway. Yeah. And it shows you because you'd never do that at home. If you did, then that's amazing. But at home, it's, you haven't got that fear or that pressure that you don't want to look like you can't do this. So you do it. And you amaze yourself. Like, I was amazed that I did it. But it's, it, it was things like that, like the discipline that made me realise this is serious business. You know, it's not, this isn't a hobby. Like, people go and you, you do your matches every weekend, but this isn't a hobby. This is real life work. They obviously, I mean, there was obviously a lot of love for you that came from that because you did end up on NXT UK. But what was when when the when the the training when the when the tryout ended? Uh, did you get feedback and were you surprised by what they said? Yeah, I was um, because we had we had like a promo class as well, and I was so nervous with with doing promos and and that just because I felt I, I hadn't. Because I was so new, I hadn't thought much or done much character work anyway. So I felt a bit vulnerable, like, oh, you're not seeing me as a character right now because I haven't I haven't delved that much into it. I haven't spent that much time figuring out who I am as a character yet. So I felt really vulnerable in doing that. But um, they said they kind of just wanted to see our our presence and our vocal skills and things like that. Um, So we didn't have to actually do a promo in character. It could be as a talent, cutting a promo, you know. So I learned so much from that, listening to other people's feedbacks as well, 
was amazing because people did their promos in front of us. So we listened to um, Mr. William Regal give feedback to everybody and and things like that. And even like little tech work, we was able to do some tech work and William Regal coming around and teaching us a little, little tiny movements and things like that, that just make that a good hold excellent, you know? It really makes you look at the attention to detail, which was awesome. I have to ask you before we move on from this bit, but when you say, oh, with the promo class, you could play a character, did you do Sexy Boy Kanji or not? Oh, I didn't. What? <laughs> you missed a grand opportunity to give him Sexy Boy Kanji. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine asking them, I need to play, you need to play the song. <laughs> play the song. I got Play this off YouTube. I'll be right back. <laughs> Someone hold the phone. Just off my phone. <laughs> Keep put a trampoline in the middle of the room. Just it, it puts me at my ease. <laughs> it takes me back. <laughs> it's been amazing. It's been amazing. So, so you got some good feedback then. You were ha- like anything in particular that you were that you got. They were very happy with my ring presence. Yeah, which really surprised me because I remember at uni when I did drama, I was told I need to um, improve on my, my, my stage presence. Right. So to get a comment at the wrestling trial and say my ring presence is really good, that was like, oh my God, this is my calling. I was never nice. meant to be on stage, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> But I think when it comes to like ring presence or stage presence, it's not just one thing. You know, there's so much that goes into having good stage presence, ring presence. So that was a huge compliment for me. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Out of three. The fire is, is, is insane between these two. I think Kanji just realised who she's dealing with here. 
Strength, disrespect, aggression, tickle boxes. That's it! He's got it! 1 0, Kanji! Kanji walks in 1 to nothing. Is this the moment? Kanji etches her name into the history books. Giselle Shaw has thrown everything but the kitchen sink at Kanji. There we go! And suddenly, Kanji is a long way from home. Progress. I am yours. And your women's championship will be mine. And I will reign and make you proud. Giselle Shaw has been around the world playing her craft. The ring is her stage. Now I'm going to give you everything I have and everything that I am in this match because I'm going to make sure that if I die in this ring, I'm going to survive through my name. When did you get the call to, to invite you to the, the reboot of Progress? It was last year around... I can't remember, maybe, maybe August, October time. Maybe just a bit before August, yeah. Um, because I still wasn't 100% um, positive about coming back yet from injury. Mm. So I was still like, oh, um, I'm not sure how well I'm going to do or if I'm ready yet. Um, but I, w I took the calls and I was listening to them and I was talking to them and I was... They were so understanding about everything and so patient with me. Um, but we had dates booked in, but then obviously with lockdown and restriction and everything, everything got changed. So that gave me actually more time to to recover, which I was I was um, actually really happy about. So was this your second injury? No, um, yeah, my when I broke my arm in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. So this was this was the other one. Was the the fractured hand that yeah. took you away defiant. This was your, this was the arm as well. The big and one. That must that must have been a blow. Like to to kind of almost got like a warning shot with your, <laughs> with with your finger and and kind of come bounce back after six weeks and then, the arm. Like what was what were you doing when the arm went? Uh, I did a disaster kick from the top, and I must have just over rotated or. I don't know. I, I've not watched mm. it back. I didn't watch it back. But something happened where I put my hands down to break my fall because I think I was landing too, too um, feeling like I was going to land on my head. So I put my hands down and my arm had just snapped. It was just too much pressure on my, on my forearm and it just snapped in half. How was like with when when did you when did you know something was wrong? Can you remember? Straight away, because I heard it crack. <sighs> I yeah, I heard it crack, um, and then I remember grabbing at my arm because I felt pins and needles straight away. I remember grabbing at my arm and, and I felt the bone sticking into my hand, so I knew it had gone. I remember sitting there thinking, this is a dream, I need to wake up. I genuinely thought it was a dream because on the flight to the show, I nodded off for a few seconds, a few moments on the plane and I had a brief dream that um, 
I was being called into the ring, that my music was playing and I wasn't ready. I didn't have my wrestling shoes on, my knee pads on. And that dream felt so real. So when I broke my arm in the ring, I was like, this is a dream again. I'm in a dream. But it wasn't. (laughs) It was real. So I so with with that injury in place to to get the phone call to say we're gonna we're gonna wait for you we want you to be part of this, mm. God that must have been a weight off. Yes, it was. I didn't because it was crazy because I didn't believe it at the start. I was like, no, this is a rib. Someone's <laughs> pulling my leg, <laughs> or I was like, they just giving me false promises. Because you hear stuff like that all the time. People promoters promising you like, oh, you're gonna you're going to have this match, this match, and then things just don't fall into place. So I was like, no. It's okay. So I was like, yeah, okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> but then when I had extra time to recover and then I got into the venue and seen that progress ring, I was like, okay, here we <laughs> go. This is it. <laughs> and and, and how, how was that? Because everyone's experience with this is different. Like to, to, to wrestle, to go from wrestling and feeding off that live audience to suddenly wrestling in front of uh, Roy Johnson Jr. Um, he's as passionate as a whole room. Don't get me wrong. But how did you find that? Was that, was that bizarre at first? Did you acclimatize quite quickly to it? Yeah, it was. It was so strange. It just... It, fe- it felt empty. Mm. Wrestling with no audience, it does feel empty. And I've heard from a lot of people, it's hard to get into that full wrestling zone that you're, mm. you're competing and you want to win because you have no one to play up to or you don't have an audience chanting you on to, you know, to figure out the pace of your match that needs to happen because... When you're in training and when you're putting a match, when you're talking about matches, you always talk about you're listening to the audience or we'll see what the audience wants. And when you don't have them, it's like, now what? What do we feed off? You're flying blind. Yeah, what are we fighting for? Or who are we fighting for? Um, So it's, yeah, it's it's so different, but I think you, I, I definitely got to a point where I was able to cut it out and just not pretend that there's an audience there, but just adapt. So it's, yeah. It's, um, and you've adapted to the point where we had, we had Giselle Shaw on last week mm. and singing, you're singing your praises, obviously. Oh, bless and you. because um, you guys put progress on the map in 2021 in this year with a best of three series that just got the industry talking. And I want to chat to you a bit about that. So like, when did you, um, when, when was the best of three pitch to you? Can you remember? Uh, yes. Um, it wasn't long after the Thunder Bastard, uh, because they were putting plans together to bring the number one contenders matches to life. So obviously with me winning the Thunder Bastard, it gave me um, a number one number one contenders match, which at that time, Ginny had the belt. So I was so excited because I was like, oh my God, yes, I get to work Ginny again. Like bring her to me. 
Um, so they had all these little ideas of what's going to happen. Um, so I was so excited because they said I'm going to be wrestling Ginny. Um, and then I remember getting a call not long after saying we might not be able to have Ginny because of the current climate. Mm. And I was absolutely gutted because I was like, now what? I was like, you've got my hopes up right up here. Um, wrestling like one of my favorites ever. And then it's, they've just, you've just taken it away from me. Um, Cause I was curious as to sort of like the, like why Ginny wasn't there, but obviously you say, because obviously with COVID they're keeping yeah. people separated. And despite the fact that she is like in the UK and she's still so embedded with NXT UK, I wasn't sure whether we'd see uh, a crossover there. But yeah. you know what we got instead was the the two out of three compromise between you and Giselle Shaw. And um, can you remember the conversation where they said, "Right, we're 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 giving you the belt"? Yeah, I was I was so shocked because, and to be honest with you, when he said it. Um, I said to them, I was like, can I just say something? Can I can I just put something across first? And it was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, don't take it as in a way that I'm moaning or questioning anything you've you've got planned or your creativity or anything like that. I said, I don't want to seem like I'm being ungrateful. I just said, why me? Because I see I see Giselle as someone who is at the top of the independent scene. When you talk about women's wrestling right now in the UK and international wrestlers, Giselle is a name that is up there. Um, and because she's been, she's worked so hard at Progress recently before as well, I was thinking, why me? Why why are you putting on me when you, you've got Giselle right there, you know, who is already in the championship picture? So why me? And I think as well, I was just concerned with having the emotions of how I felt when it happened at Defiant. I was going to say this, this sort of draws what you're saying here, draws a lot of comparisons with, with you and Defiant in 2000 and in 2019, how you didn't feel like you were worthy and how you're almost pushing somebody else in front of you. Um, Is this a, a, is this, is there like um, what's the phrase? Is it like an imposter syndrome um, thing with yourself? Because it's quite common in in a lot of people that work in 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 the industry, is mm-hmm. especially when there's so many names and so many people doing stuff. Would you say that you suffer imposter syndrome, or that you 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 deal with imposter syndrome, Kanji? I'm not sure. I I don't know. I think it's just. I only say because, like, on the two occasions where you've been given major titles, your response was always, oh, I don't know, they're, they're pretty good. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> Look at them. Maybe go with a pie. I'll go with a... And it just, it smacks to me because I get it because I get it. I, I, I deal with it a bit myself. And it's like the whole idea that you almost, when someone says we're going to do this, no, oh, uh, someone better. It's fine. I'm yeah. fine. Maybe someone, and do you have to go, oh, no, they clearly want you there. So yeah. <laughs> I have to tell myself that they're not, you know, people don't, like, I don't get offered a job 
on the radio or in or working for anywhere they they're not offering it me like out of sympathy yeah. like the, the the climate is too is too fraught to offer somebody a job out of sympathy <laughs> that's kind of what i tell myself but it's like with with yourself like they're not offering they're not giving you the progress title out of any misplaced sympathy or or lack of guidance it's like well we think this is the right person yeah so. i think it's so easy though to convince yourself otherwise mm. rather than have someone someone could like I mean, progress could come to me and explain to me over and over again why me and what they think of me and um, how much they want to do with me and how 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 good they think I can be and my what my potential is. But as soon as you put that phone down, it's so easy to convince yourself the complete opposite of everything they've just said. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah like your mind is your own enemy so many times out of interest when you said why me what did they say uh, honestly he turned around and says why not and i was like okay but they they um they kind of just was just saying how how much of a character and talent I am and they think it's so fitting to run with me having it um especially being the one the 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 champion having it after Ginny they just felt like that was the most fitting um which obviously is it's putting no disrespect or anything on any of the other girls especially Giselle and I think there was a reason they put me in with Giselle because she is so fantastic and I feel especially watching her recent stuff at Progress as well I think Giselle has the ability to make anybody look good anybody because she knows and she's she's so full of wisdom with what professional wrestling is and how it should look that it's not a one-way street you know you're working together to put on a fantastic match you are working together and you you both need to take on that responsibility to make each other look great when did you realize um the the the, the series of matches you were having was was taking the world by storm because that was, surely was that did that come as a surprise in the first place that you were doing this and obviously you know you you the matches were going to be great anyway but like to to go from announcing this two out of the best of three to to WWE acknowledging the entire thing mm. to you guys appearing on the bump I mean WWE don't even acknowledge Piper Niven's name but they acknowledge. <laughs> Kanji versus Giselle, sure, best of three. Like, when did you realise that this was all starting to become something pretty big? It's crazy because me and Giselle, we were so determined to make this best of three the best ever. Like, we was we was talking for so long and we, we was so serious about this and so passionate about putting on our best work um so we thought and we worked we worked so hard and 
I'm honestly looking back now, I'm so proud of us. And I tell her all the time, I said, I'm so proud of us. And she says the same. Um, after each match we had, the reception we got from the other talent that watched it was insane. So we, we had an idea of how well we did or how well we, we came across with the feedback we were given. And it wasn't until, for me, it wasn't until we saw the video package of the highlights of um, the first two. When we saw that, our minds were blown. I was like, wow, this is like WrestleMania feel. So it was then when I realized like, it's not just us who are taking this seriously now. Progress are literally giving us their all. Like they really trust us and believe that this is it. So the fact that we got on the bump as well after that was like, okay, yeah, this is it. Like we've done it. We've we've smashed this. Just crossed the multiverse mm. into into that into that world. And what was that promo package itself? Uh, it, it lends itself nicely to about 10, 15 minutes ago, we talked about um, how the promo classes surprised you yeah. and how you feel that like your best is in the ring and not so much in delivering promos. But uh, you hit us with the, with the ultimate line at the end of that, where you talk about how like if you die in the ring, your name will live on. And, it's, and it was just just a little line, just a little bit, but it just it really kind of put you over the top i think as this is something that can go out and perform but mm. geez this is somebody with fucking heart as well like yeah. here we go and it, it, to see it come to life like that and just take the world on is just was amazing and and you're you're now the progress wrestling women's champion sexy boy kanji <laughs> is the progress women's champion it's it's nice to see what would you love to do as as champion in progress is that i know there's obviously there's plans for, for shows to get back up and running for the cr- crowd soon. And um, do you have any idea when those will be? Have they given you any indication? No, they're, I think progress are quite comfortable in not needing to rush anything. Mm. Um, so I think they're just taking it as we'll see what happens. And when it comes to a time that we, can safely do live shows then we will but for the time being we're, we're not putting that pressure on the talent or on the crew um so it's not there's not been much talk to us anyway mm. but hopefully i mean it'll be great to get progress up and running this year anyway at the end of this year hopefully i mean that'll be amazing but is there stuff that you want to do as as the progress wrestling women's champion like we see a lot of champions uh, across the brands throwing out challenges um have you got any you want to throw out there yeah i'd love to do an open challenge yeah i think yeah i'd love to do an open challenge just stand in the ring and say give me anybody like anyone come male or female anybody (laughs) i think that'll be yeah, that would be fantastic. But um, I did say before, I'd love, I'd love it if Jordan Grace came back. I would love it. I just think her style and her 
her look, her, um, uh, how do you say it? Her uh, presence. Yeah, I'd say presence. Her like mindset as well, wrestling wise, is so different to mine. And I think story wise in the ring, that could be something special. I, yeah, as a former Progress Women's Champion, she she's a, a force of nature. She's doing uh, amazing stuff at Impact Wrestling, but you never say never, do you? You never, you never say never. That's it. Amazing. Well, we've got one more match um, before we let you go about your day off for your desert island. We nearly forgot about this bit. So uh, we've, we, we've we've had Chris Ridgeway tearing people tearing people's ankles apart in Noah. Uh, we've had. Kurt Angle ripping your boy Shawn Michaels' ankle to strips at WrestleMania. What would she like your third match to be? Does it involve an ankle or not? There's <laughs> a theme here. Um, so I picked um, I picked WrestleMania 35, the main event. So Charlotte versus Becky versus Ronda for the championships match. Not I. I wouldn't say. I think it's clear to say that it's not the greatest match in the world. Um, it, Cause it's, it's not the greatest match in the world, but I think it's, it is a great match and it's the first ever women's main event at mania. And I think that is something that I never, ever want to forget. To go back to um, Kanji talking about, again, we mentioned it earlier about being a wrestler but one of the but one of the men one of the boy ones um and to see like how all of a sudden not all of a sudden it was it, it built and built and built <laughs> to see the women in the main event uh and in a, in a match that absolutely should have been the main event nothing else had that scale of build quite like those three um where were you when you watched this go down uh was i i was at home I'm trying to think if that was the one I Would you have been with the family at that point or would you No, I watched it I either watched it on my own or I watched it with my best friend Josh. Do you know Visage? Yeah, I do know Visage. Yeah. I think it was so that was two thousand Oh no! You know what this was? I what? didn't even. Oh no, it was because I remember one time at that Mega Slam show, <laughs> yeah. I broke my hand. I didn't watch the main event before that at all. The uh, the show, the pay per view before that, and I was like, nobody tell me who won. And then I went the whole day without knowing who won the match. And then it gets to the evening and Visage messages me saying, can't believe Becky won. So deserving. Oh! I was like, what did you just do? Visage! Yeah. Livid. I had my mum messaging him, telling him off and everything. (laughs) (laughs) What an arse. Bless him. Ruined it for me. (laughs) But 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 so you would have watched it post-Mega Slam, would you? I think that was it. That might have... Mm. Oh, let me think. Let me look back at my book when it was. Oh, yeah, check the book. Check the book. Check the book. Kanji yeah. checks the book. We did a jingle. Yeah, that would have been book. the one. That was it. 8th of April, 2019. 
Ah, so that would have been the night. Yeah. So would you? So when would you? When would you have had time to watch that? Because you had your broken hand at that point. As yeah, well. so I would have watched it the day after. What a night. Yeah, because I had that show that day, so I wouldn't have been able to watch the mania before because obviously I would have I wouldn't have been able to stay awake all that time having a show the next day. Um, so yeah, I had to wait, but it was still magical to even just know and have that big setup. Like the whole world knows this is the first ever time the women are main event in mania. Like that was so special. So. And they went all to town with the entrances. Like I remember Charlotte oh, yeah. Flair coming in on a helicopter. Yeah, the big entrance with a red carpet. Joan Jett playing Ronda Rousey to the ring. Yeah. Becky Lynch keeping it dead simple because, you know, it's just with the man written on the big letters. Okay. And I like that touch as well. Just it was ace. Contrast, yeah. Um, what was more um, devastating that night? Breaking your hand or Visage ruining the ending of Mania? Oh, <laughs> it would have been the hand, but I was... Yeah. I was upset. I was like, first my hands, now Visage ruining the mania for me. I tried so hard as well. I didn't go on social media at all that whole day. I was like, nobody's ruining this for me. Uh, one more question, and then we'll we'll do this. We'll do the plugs and stuff, and we'll let you go. But uh, if you had the chance uh, you, to, to to step back in time, yeah, um, we 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 go back. Uh, there's there's young Kanji, there's young Winona, and she is stood in the hallway, and she's about to walk towards the trampoline. She's just about to press play on on Shawn Michaels dot wav, and you get the chance to tap her on the shoulder and tell her something. What would you tell her? No, oh. now. Wow, that is nice. What would I tell her? Oh, I'm going to have to go really personal. Um, because my dad passed away before I'd started training. Before I'd, I'd started training at all, or before I'd even thought about training or found a school in near me, uh, my dad passed away, so he never knew. So I would tell myself to find the school quicker before I did. So he would have been able to see even just, or even just know that I started training and to maybe come and watch a couple of sessions if we could while he had the time with us. Whenever I watch now, like Charlotte Flair with Ric Flair, I always look at that and think, I feel like that's how my dad would be with me. Like the Ric Flair to Charlotte Flair. I genuinely feel like that would be him. And when, whenever, like last time when, when Charlotte was at Mania and you saw backstage Ric Flair watching the screen and he just looked so happy with his, with his little suits on and he's there like clapping for her on that little screen. That just it fills my heart so much to see that support there from, from someone who's her biggest fan. And I do feel like that would have been my dad. He would have been wanting to be that manager kind of kind of stance. Yeah. 
Maybe not run off with Lacey Evans. That would be not- weird. <laughs> Maybe not run off with Lacey Evans. <laughs> I mean, he might have done. I don't know your dad. He might have done. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> oh, thank you for sharing that. Honestly, that's that's a, that's um that's a really wonderful thing you shared there. And you know what? What I I think he knows. I think he knows. I think he's blown away by it all. I think he's doing that anyway. But just not chasing Lacey Evans. That's... Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Oh, well, maybe, maybe. Um, this has been a wonderful like hour and a bit of of your time, and I cannot thank you enough. Like as I said, you know, you you've blown everybody away with the the speed in which you've you've grown and you've pushed into the system, and the the fact that you no, know, I, I got to. The fact that I got to recant a story about an utter embarrassment that I suffered in front of you, <laughs> but the fact that I get to do it to you as Progress Women's Champion <laughs> is flipping brilliant. So I cannot thank you enough for taking time to chat today. This has been ace. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a good journey to look back on as well. And we're barely begun. I... <laughs> Jeez! Oh my day! This is the first two years. Jeez! You're only twenty six, God. (laughs) Twenty seven now. Oh, oh, that's it. You're done then. Um, (laughs) You only had you had one year. You missed it. Everybody was shut down in COVID. You missed it. Um, Where can people go to find out all about you, Kanji? Plug away. I am on Twitter at Kanji Duku, and I'm also on Instagram Kanji underscore Duku. So you can catch me on there. That's where I'm most active anyway. So, yeah, catch me on there. And on the WWE Network That's and on Peacock. Yeah. In the, in that there America. <laughs> Worldwide now. That's it. That's it. You're all over the place. I've just realised who I'm talking to. That's, that's fun. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 